0: Welcome to 90% Mental. I'm your host, Graham Parr, and thank you for joining us for our 11th episode. You know, a couple weeks ago, I had Coach Sam Fisher on my show, and we are talking about quarterbacks, which is something really close to my heart. Usually at the very end of every episode, I always promote a book. And because I was talking to Coach Fisher and we were talking about quarterbacks, I brought up this book called Mindful Quarterbacking by Marcus Mayo. And it just dawned on me when I was done with this episode i reached out to marcus and said hey just want to let you know i plugged your your book and i love i read it and i love everything about it a few weeks later he's like hey why don't i come on your podcast and we'll talk about the book and i'm like why not so today i have marcus mayo who's a high school quarterback coach and also the author of mindful quarterbacking we're going to talk about mindfulness and how it relates to the position of quarterback We're going to talk about competition and preparation and how those two things are very vital to incorporate within mindfulness. And we're going to talk a little bit about his favorite quarterback, Tom Brady, and how he affects him and how the content of this book really translate into what Tom Brady displays on the field every game. So let's go talk to Marcus and let's get in a mindful state of mind. Hey, Marcus, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I want to thank you for uh, taking time to, to come on my show. I think my listeners are going to get a treat not only by hearing your thoughts and your perspectives about being a mindful quarterback, but just to hear you talk about your book that you wrote called "Mindful Quarterbacking." What, what made you what made you um, write this book and, and really get this, this thing moving forward?
1: You know, really, for me, it came down to you know really exploring I'm trying to find a book that really discussed um, only the mental development of a quarterback position you know for a long time you know I've read you know there's so many great books out there you know all of which have been amazing resources for me and many other coaches um, within the game and you know just some of the information out there i never really deeply explored, a way to maximize the quarterback's mind. And what I mean by that is there were, you know, uh, problems that were presented, but there really weren't authentic solutions. And so, you know, it's equivalent to, um, I'd like to describe a math teacher saying, well, here's the the problem I, I need you to solve for me. And the student looks at the teacher and says, well, how can I solve it? And then, you know, uh the teacher replies to the students, we'll just figure it out. And that's a lot of what I believe quarterbacks have heard for so many years when it comes to demand, such as stay focused, stop thinking so much, and uh you know, those sort of things. And I just felt the book was needed. It's uh uh something that uh I just felt would be important to contribute to the game. And, and uh, you know, yeah, I'd say overall I just felt it was needed. You know, it hadn't really, you know, been uh, done out there before only on the mental side, and
0: I just, you know, wanted to contribute the best I could in that way. Well, I agree with you. I think that there, there's not a book out there that, that covers – From front front to back, the content that you have in this book, it's, for me, it it hit home, even though it's been a long time since I played the game, but playing the position, playing quarterback for 13 years, if I had this type of resource, this would have been very vital in allowing me to be more present, more focused, and and you touch a lot of it on leader, a lot on leadership, so this would have helped me from a leadership standpoint as well. So for, this is a really, really, really good resource for young quarterbacks, collegiate quarterbacks, and even professional quarterbacks. You know, in this day and age, you don't have something like this. You have, you know, within offenses, you know, they'll, they'll have some kind of mindset or some kind of background that you have to apply to running this particular offense. But, right. you know, with this content that you have, it's just it's just incredible. And it's, it's, very, it's very well thought out. No, I I
1: appreciate that, and um, yeah, uh, you know, one of the main focuses I had for it was to make sure that you know it's uh, you know universal, um, no matter what a coach decides, whatever system he wants to run, whatever progressions he wants to go through, and whatever way he teaches his quarterbacks mechanics. I don't think there's one perfect way uh, to do that, and so. You know kind of the goal going in with that writing is, you know, making this more hopefully a booster uh, that can be applied no matter what. Um, not telling you what system to run, how to how to coach your quarterbacks, how to tell them to throw. Um, it's just all you know the mental um, aspects of it that can hopefully help enhance
0: uh, 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 anything. Uh, that you uh, uh, coach, whether it's scheme or mechanics, and uh, it can it can only help; it can't hurt. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. hopefully that, right. that
1: that that stays true.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're definitely going to dive into definitely the contents or contents of your book, and there's there's a few areas where I think just um, are incredible, and and there's a lot to talk about. But before we get into Talking about your book and maybe getting your perspective on a few things, as far as being a quarterback, I always start my, my show with asking this question, mainly because my show is all about, for the most part, about mindset and everything that goes around that involves having a mindset within sports. So, what does mentally tough mean to you?
1: Um, man, there, there's, that's a that's a good question. You know, I I agree with.
2: Something you know, Coach Bill Belichick had mentioned um, in terms of the concept
1: of mental toughness. You know, when he he talks about you know being mentally tough is going out there and doing what's best for the team, even though everything isn't going exactly the way you want it to. And in terms of a, uh, you know, that that's the definition that really brings um, true for me when I reflect on it personally. I would say that it's bringing your mind to all the things that you can control and maximizing those things from start to finish, you know, controlling what you can control so much of you know, losing focus and not being mentally tough involves, um, our performance and our mind and, you know, energy and everything else reflecting on and, those types of things towards the things that we can't necessarily control, such as a quarterback being on the sideline and watching the opposing offense march into the end zone. Well, he, has no, he, he can't control anything about that. And so I would say he's really at maximizing and bringing your mind to everything that you can control and doing that from start to finish and letting the results just speak for themselves.
0: Right. I mean, it's control the controllables, right? It's, Absolutely. When, when you play the game, especially when you're playing you know, the hardest position in sports, there are so many factors and there's so many things that you have to deal with that it's really easy to lose control if you're not in check with your internal player and also your external player and just, and just having your breath. And we'll, we'll get into all that stuff because you do cover a lot of that in the book. But as far as uh, controlling the controllables, man, that's it's just huge. It's vital if you want to be a successful quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Well, so there's a ton of stuff that in this book. When I was reading it, I was just like, man, this is this is some great stuff. And and you've got a lot of great models and and worksheets to work out of. But if you were to take this book and just, just gently present it to maybe a uh, inspiring quarterback that wants to increase their mental game. Where would you start with all this content that you have within your book? You know, I would start,
1: you know, because you know, it's, you know, a lot of it's applying mindfulness. You know, I would really start with the definition of mindfulness. You know, paying attention on purpose. With full awareness, you know, in the present moment and non judgmentally. And the reason I would present that is because it's all about, you know, the here now, you know, it's all about the now. And when a quarterback can identify when he's in the present moment and when he's paying um, attention, and then when he's also not necessarily judging the experiences he's having because he's fully locked in. That is the area I think is the most important. And, um, yeah, so I would probably, I, I try to kind of put it in the order that I would like to probably present it to someone.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, right.
1: So really starting with the mindful definition.
0: Well, I think it's great. I think obviously that that's, um, that's probably where you should start, in, and I think that's great. I'm curious, how did you get involved with uh, mindfulness practice? It, I know you and I have had some conversations in the past before this podcast. Um, I know that you run mindful mindfulness workshops and, and work with kids on enhancing their mindfulness. But how did you get into this practice? You know, I uh, started
1: coaching. You know, when I was 19 you know, home city of, you know, Virginia Beach of Virginia. And I was coaching youth kids. And as I was coaching them kind of throughout the season, I kind of began to notice that the way I responded to them had a great impact on the way that they performed. And so when I would communicate with them, and you know when you're with youth kids or with you're in the nfl when that ball's kicked off that is your big time (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and there were moments where i would really pay attention to the way that my quarterback would respond to the way i communicated communicated whether it was voice infliction, body language body language etc and i had two incidences where my quarterback came up to me as a young kid and you know we got a good line of communication and at one point he said to me i'm telling him you know hey you just need to calm down and he's like well i'm nervous i'm like why he's like you know because because your voice you know you're, you're yelling or um he would talk about the game and it would be because i looked upset and he would ask if i was upset at him and we had a wonderful season went undefeated scored a lot of points those things were great but then we had, I had a moment where he was very calm. He walked over to me and he's like, I think we're going to win. And I said, why do you think that? He's like, because you're really calm. Mm. And this was a kid.
2: <laughs>
1: wow. And I was like, it just, it just kind of turned my head. It's like, I feel calm when you feel calm, you know, you're an extension of one another in that, you know, in that regard. And, uh, I was like, you know, I really want to learn more about how I can stay more focused, stay calm, and those types of things. And um, I had known a little bit about meditation and mindfulness, et cetera, but I hadn't really explored it as much as I'd like to. And from there, I uh, was like, you know what, this is what I want to apply, you know, and uh, researched it and, you know, began college and... You know, got my degree, my undergrad in liberal and religious studies and really focused my content on South and Southeast Asian studies and applying mindfulness and mindfulness meditation to everyday life, but also to athletics
2: and really emphasizing that with um, the quarterback position because I think mindfulness is just, if
1: if it's just an accident But it still holds true. I think mindfulness was personally
0: designed for quarterbacks. Absolutely. And you make a great point about, you know, the story you were talking about, you know, when you're calm, I'm calm. And it's interesting how energy gets transferred when someone's upset and how that can upset others and when someone's calm, how that can calm others. And that's, that's a good awareness from a leadership standpoint because the way that you are as a quarterback, the way that you are respond to, to your players, how you respond in pressure situations, it, it can affect the rest of the team or players around you. I would, I would also say, though, if someone is screaming, that, you know, as a player, you have a choice to, to let that energy in or not. So, uh, but... Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean, but for the most part it's, it's it's great awareness how energy can be transferred to other players.
1: No, absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, you know, and you know, one of the reasons, you know, I felt the content, you know, that I, that I wrote about was important was because every coach has their style and but a player can, you know, filter things. You know, you can learn to hear the the message not the tone. And so if someone grabs his book and he has a rah-rah, you know, hard nose, you know, uh, type of coach, um, how can he really filter those interactions, you know, those things he hears, um, how can he regulate his heart rate when the, when you know, his body's, his, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, blood pressure's high has a lot of things in his mind, not wanting to mess up, etc. Um, and, uh, Yeah, really being able to, um, you know, ignore the noise and, you know, bring your attention to what you can control or identifying the, you know, the command rather than the tone. Right. Right. Those sort of things.
0: Okay. Okay, cool. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, why don't we start off with this because I know that this, you know, in the book, and even in some of our conversations, this is kind of like the basis of of what you're talking about within the book. But you use the the, the phrase "akuta matata." Do you want to explain a little <laughs> bit?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's probably the uh, the uh, the number one unique response I get from coaches and players is the. Title, you know, Chapter One: Hakuna Matata, and you know, I, I literally, this is, this is probably, boy, yeah, almost ten years ago now. You know, I uh, would uh, tell my players, you know, my quarterback, et cetera. This more ingrained, kind of just the mindfulness. Just to, you know, just to relax. And, um, I was, uh, on on the sideline one night and a quarterback had just thrown a pick six and it was ugly, you know? <laughs> right. and, I mean, it was, I mean, it was just, you know, one of those tie turners that, you know, you know, it just, it just changed the tone of the game and you can see his head was down, etc. And, uh, our head coach and a couple of the other coaches are, you know, they're just livid. I mean, they're, you know, want to set the world on fire. Crowd's going crazy, et cetera. And me personally, I'm just kind of sitting there observing what just happened. Right. And, uh, he, he walks, <laughs> he walks over to me. He's like, coach, I'm sorry. And I just, you know, tapped him on the top of the helmet. I said, Kuna Matata. All right, let's go. We're moving on. And, our head coach was like, Kuna Matata, that's that's your message to him or, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, there's nothing we can do about that. we got to move forward. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And we go down and we score on three straight drives after that. Our quarterback comes up to me, gives me a chest bump, and he's like, Kuna Matata. And we just kind of started making that our thing. Right. And uh, and it was kind of it was pretty beautiful moment. And so I'd go around practice. I would take a football and I'd pop our guys on top of the helmet you know, during a warm up, I'm like, Coach, why are you doing that? And I'm like, Hakuna Matata. it doesn't matter, it's in the past. And so it just kind of became a, a little theme you know, with our team and with some of the players. And uh, it went from kind of um, somewhat of a joke to a very serious way of thinking. Whatever happened that last snap is gone. You could have thrown an 80 yard bomb, you could have thrown the pick six, could have been a strip fumble, could have been a completion for a first down, it could have been an injury, it could have been anything. But all you can do is uh, control the present. And when I went to write in my book, it was also everybody knows and remembers Hakuna Matata. And no matter how old you are or what generation you come from, uh, whether you want to admit it or not, you know what Hakuna Matata means. (laughs) Right. Uh, You you will remember it. And that's kind of why I rolled with it. And it's been a very positive response.
0: Some 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 awkward looks, but they say it works. <laughs> well, it to me, it's sure it was you know I was in uh, Lion King and you know in a, in a somewhat of a kids movie. But I mean, just just the message itself is very relevant, especially when you're playing uh, quarterback. There's a lot of stuff happens in a game, and because the game is so emotional, you can get so caught up in the emotional side. Of, of you know of your mistakes but it's just it's just a saying is you know no worries man it's no worries just let it go because if, if, yep. if we're hanging on to that that last play or that last interception it's really hard to be present and, and to be and to move forward so to me I, I like it and it's catchy
1: yeah I, I appreciate that hopefully,
0: hopefully it'll only continue to grow there you go there you go <laughs> You know, in the book also, you, you talk about core principles of mindfulness, being, being, pre, uh, being present to the moment, beginner's mind, breathing, trust, self-observation, awareness, selflessness, non-judging, authentic self, a ton of principles here. Which, which one of those, even though they're all vital and they're very important to mindfulness, but which, which one sticks out the most to you? What do you think is the most important?
2: Oh, that's... Mm, um. Huh. I
1: would. I would say. You know, I think present moment is just kind of universal, but I would probably maybe put a tie between beginner's mind and self observation. Because beginner's mind, I think, really is what allows an athlete and the quarterback to play in the present moment and looking at looking at everything as if it's brand new, almost, almost in a in a childlike mindset. Uh, you know, Bruce Lee had the old saying, you know, em- you know, empty, you know, your mind, you know, in the cup. And there's a saying, you know, with uh, you know, with a full mind, you know, opportunities, you know, are few. You know, with an empty mind, you know, opportunities and learning, etc., are limitless. And I think when you take a beginner's mind and approach every day, um, not just in the game but the practice field um, and in everyday life, you're only going to gain knowledge and learn more, and you're going to learn ways to do things that you're doing well even better. So I think beginner's mind just really allows you to remind yourself that you always have areas to improve. You are never perfect, and that's okay, but if you bring the mindset that I can do more and I can improve, that is what takes things to another level. Self observation, I believe, is very critical along with that because oftentimes we're very unaware of what we are thinking and really identifying things for what they truly are. You know, for if I go back to the, the example of throwing the pick six, how many of us really took time to identify how they were feeling in that moment? Mm-hmm. How many of us actually snapped off our chin strap, came to the sideline, yelling, head down, getting into confrontations, grabbing a water bottle real quick, squirting our mouth, you know, heavy breathing, you know, tense shoulders, gritting our teeth, coach trying to talk to us. We don't want to listen to what our coach has to say. Instead of just regulating and observing, observing ourselves and our body language and those types of things um, will really help a quarterback you know, stay loose. Being even kind with himself, identifying that perfection isn't there. Going back to beginner's mind, and always being prepared for, you know, the present moment or and or you know the next moment. So I'd say a kind of maybe a tie between those. Of course, present moment being you know the blanket, the universal one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would I would probably say those
0: two. Yeah, and I like those two. And I agree with you as far as kind of the foundation of mindfulness is to be present in the moment. But with self-observation, it's huge because when you're a quarterback having a reflective practice on what you did in practice and what you did last quarter, what you did last game. And again, I'm not I'm not saying go live in that moment and get stuck in that moment. It just reflect on it so you can actually learn. Because you're yep. being very present to it, right? So reflecting yep. is – is I think it's essential. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that I know that you would agree to. But, you know, quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Joe Montana, they had taken their time. Every time they compete, they always take some time to reflect so they can learn to get better.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's uh, – I mean, you know, you mentioned, you know, my favorite guy who – you know, without a doubt, my mind is the greatest of all time, and Brady. And um, just I just read a quote about on him not long ago, where they had asked him, you know,
2: you've been in this league so long. What what more can you do? How can you improve? And so often,
1: many times, you hear a quarterback, even some, you know, the the greats talk about reads and progressions and those types of things, and. Brady says, you know, I really got to improve my body language. You know, I really think I can do a better job of that. I don't think I'm doing a good job with my body language right now Mm. and the way, you know, it reflects with my team and things like that. And it's just, stuff like that is beautiful because it's so much more than the X's and O's. For, you know, the greatest of all time to say, I have to improve on something, but it wasn't about X's and O's. It was about his demeanor. Shows that a lot of us, and even future quarterbacks and coaches, et cetera, need to look beyond the X's and O's and look inside themselves. Help players look inside themselves because maybe if his body language is a little bit better, the players around him have a little bit more confidence, and they do go down and score. Maybe it wasn't the X's and O's. You know, maybe the way he looked at his slot receiver who dropped the pass. He no, he no longer has that confidence to go out there and do it because, man, here's my quarterback angry at me or he looks angry at me. I'm not quite sure. But having that awareness of yourself to remain calm, whether it's going to talk to them or whatever, can shift the game, in my opinion, as well as drawing up the greatest play of all time And in those moments.
0: And uh, so, yeah, for sure. You know, body language is huge. Obviously, being a quarterback or being in a leadership situation like you were saying that if, if your body language is if it's positive or if it's um, in a healthy way, you know, the team around you responds to your body language. And it's interesting because we as humans, we or we communicate so much from a nonverbal perspective, we don't have to necessarily say words. We can have an expression on our face. It could the way we move our hands and it's interesting how that affects us. So in in the heat of the moment, being a quarterback, it's really important to know what your what your posture is like, what your body language is like because man, when it's it's fourth quarter and there's 2 minutes left and it's getting really stressful and it's a lot of pressure, there's nothing like looking at your quarterback like he's like he's got it, he's done this before and let's do this, right? Absolutely. That's I
1: mean, you know, and um it reminds me, you know, I talk about, you know, really, um, you know, Brady all the time. But it just reminds me, and now we had talked to you, you know, about Ben Roethlisberger. But there's a certain level, if you can feel it through a television screen,
2: right, how do you think it impacts the players? Right.
1: You know, like when Brady walked out there in 2001 to lead that drive against the Rams, it was like, well, this might happen, and there was a—I thought—an amazing shot of this past Super Bowl. You talk about just the, the confidence and those types of things. Yeah. Where Tom Brady's on the sideline, I think before they're down eight, about to have to drive ninety yards to go tie, and he's on the sideline. He has a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And it's just—and you know—I didn't see that shot until after the Super Bowl. When he go, when he walks onto the field. And you're sitting at home. You know it's over,
0: <laughs> right?
1: You, you, you. Everyone in America, the Falcons knew. You know, everyone knew the game was over when they were down eight and had to go ninety yards. Um, and then you, they went the coin toss in overtime. You knew it was over because, and you don't exactly know, but that display of confidence, you're feeling it through a television screen, thousands of miles away or across the world. And how do you think that the team around him felt in those moments? You hear him talk about it, but you know, that would have been beautiful feeling to be right there and look and say, we're about to be, no one's speaking it, but we're about to be world champions, you know? And so I think you bring up, bring up a, a beautiful point of, yeah, just really how important that body language piece is and maximizing that. It's, it's a, uh, and I don't, like, I don't like to use the term uh, little thing, but it's an overlooked thing. Right.
0: Um, for sure. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit personal with you. Um, speaking of this recent Super Bowl that we all witnessed, which was incredible and probably one of the best comebacks ever. How did that football game, the experience of watching that football game affect your life?
1: You know, it, it kind of affected in two different ways. Because you, know, you know, I brought up a San Diego Chargers fan, you know, um, and everything. It kind of came full circle with me, honestly. And even back in 01 when kind of New England introduced themselves as a team, when the greatest show on turf was out there, and I'll never forget I'm watching that, and they're introducing, you know, Falk, and you know, uh, uh, you know, Kurt Warner, yeah, and just and they're just going nuts and. You know, everyone's thinking, well, the Rams probably are going to win this game. And I'll never forget when I'm watching it. I was actually uh, watching with my dad. They were like, you know, now choosing to be introduced as a team, here are your AFC champion, New England Patriots. I'll never forget it. And, they, and they, they come out as a team. And the response was just incredible. And I was like, they're going to win. Like, I completely shifted my mind. And because of that unity. And this Super Bowl... It kind of rancod in a different way. It it was I think it was just a special experience because even though you love for your team to win the Super Bowl, it really I think was one of those special moments that you can always go back, utilize, and discuss with you know your players you know, quarterbacks, you know, your team, et cetera, about, you know, being mentally
2: tough. And the impact it had on me was really how much you can win with just willpower. And although the game, I didn't ever feel the game was ever over because you have Tom
1: Brady. And it was also the fact that when you go back and watch the sound effects, sounds of the game, how calm everybody was now now tom's tom is cool like tom's calm but you look at robert Kraft in the booth you look at bill belichick on the sideline you look at tom Brady. you look at the rest of the team it was never over for them and you hear the way that the coaches are communicating with each other hey we got this we're good we just got to do our job they didn't allow the environment or the scoreboard to dictate them doing their job they, the only thing they could do was control the way they performed, and uh, I thought it was very touching to to have a a quarterback going through all that he was going through on top of things with his you know his mother to pull off something like that. I mean, it was it was amazing, and it just for me kind of I think that performance. I think that the to answer your question more clearly, the the impact that that performance had on me. Was the definition of what quarterbacking is from start to finish? It was. It was to me the written word, <laughs> the <laughs> final line. This is what quarterbacking is: the pick six, all, all of those things, um, and uh, bouncing back from that. So much outside noise and out, and personal issues going on. Um, the world against you, and all you can do is. Lead your team the best that you possibly
2: can, control what you can control, be mentally tough, and
1: ultimately win. So I think it's had it's gonna have a lasting impact on me and the way that I coach and the way that you know, I I, I guess I'd say teach my quarterback. I think I'm gonna show that game at least
0: once a year. Yeah. Absolutely. You know it's interesting when you look at that performance in the Super Bowl, if you take everything that you have written in this book in Mindful Quarterbacking, he pretty much applies and displays everything that you're talking about as far as being mindful, regardless if you don't throw a pick six, regardless if you're not down by 28 points. Whatever it is, there's all these things that you have put in it. I'm, And I'm not going to – for my listeners, I don't want to tell them everything about this book, but I want them to definitely – to get excited about our conversation so they can pick up this book. But, you know, when they're done reading this, I know that a lot of my listeners and people out there that are going to be reading this book can definitely connect and identify everything that you're talking about this book into Brady's performance.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, I, um, I, uh, I appreciate that. And I would, uh, someone, someone, a coach had called me and he, you know, Asked me about uh, the, you know, my book, and he had said, you know, if there, if you could, I kind of put your book in motion. What would it look like? I told him that a coach had told me before that it, you know, reminded him of the Super Bowl. You know, of course, um, it, it can't guarantee you to perform like Brady. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, hopefully, it can help, but uh, uh, you know, it's cool to hear people associate it with that and. You know, hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll all be honored enough to witness a performance like that again. I don't know that we will for a long time, but um, maybe, maybe it'll happen.
0: You never know, but it it might be a while. I mean, we've had some incredible Super Bowls in the past, but we haven't had we haven't had something like this in a long time. So, but you never know, never know.
1: And you know, you know. uh, What stuck out most to me in that game was there was a – I think they were still down pretty big. And I can't remember if it was still 20-3 to or something. But there was this third down and eight situation. And it really kept the drive alive for them to go down and score. And the man who's had his speed and 40 time made fun of his entire career – had enough mental toughness to take off for like a 15 17 yard game when the you know the most significant piece of the game was somebody maximizing their least talented skill set you know uh, there was that really big run in that game and that kind of set up the drive to go ahead and score and you saw the team the team's reaction so that just yeah that was just another piece that I kind of noticed um, while I was watching that but
0: I mean that's I uh, appreciate you bringing that up for sure. You know, When you think of being a quarterback, there's a lot of preparation mentally, physically, emotionally to, to get prepared, to, to be just a, a good quarterback, whether if it's on the field or, or in competition or in practice. And one of the things that I really like about your book is that you don't really explain, you don't just tell people this is what you need to do, like this is all mindfulness. You really break it down with, with a model. And I like that because you have, you have a model of the P's of preparation and the C's of competition. And when you think about a quarterback, man, they've got to be prepared and they've got to be willing to compete at any point, no matter, no matter what it is, how they feel, if they're sick, if they're not, they need to lead no matter what. So you know, I love it that you, as far as the preparation piece, the Ps of preparation, you have pride, patience, passion, and perseverance, which is awesome. What what kind of made you kind of develop the the four Ps of preparation?
1: Um, you know, I it, it uh, you know those things were things I just kind of always you know believed in. I kind of have, um, you know, the P's of life, at least that's what I call them for myself, which is prayer, patience, perseverance, progress. And then as I'm, you know, going, you know, going through um, in writing, you know, I just felt that, you know, you really need to have pride in what you're doing. You have to have patience, you know, in your development. You have to have, of course, a level of passion and then you have to have the ability to persevere. And the reason I talk about those things is because those are things that you can control. You know, and everything I wrote about, hopefully, you know, is these things that you can absolutely control and you can control, you know, your your preparation. You can control how much pride um, you display. You can control uh, your passion or, you know, let it loose. And then, you know, you can control the way you display patients. And in order to prepare those, those are things you, you have to have. You can, anyone can go into a film room and take notes. Anyone can go into a film room and break down coverage. You know, anyone can go out into the practice field and go through reps. But what are you, what, what are the things that are actually going to remind you what you can control within your preparation? And so I kind of just developed those, those P's and, uh, you know, peas and preparation go well together too,
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's catchy, but it's, I like it because it keeps it, 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 it's a formula. So when you're working with quarterbacks, you know, when it's really easy, hey, you know, let's let's talk about the, you know, the, the P's of preparation or the four P's of preparation. Exactly, exactly. You, know? Um, you know, were you demonstrating, you know, the four P's of, of preparation when you're talking to these quarterbacks? So, I like it, yeah. It's it just it's it's easy and it makes sense for for the position of quarterback.
1: Yeah, and and you know to expand on you know your point it's you yeah one of the things where, you know I'm coaching you know my quarterbacks and you know we're talking in the office or out in the field and we look at the way they prepared that week, you know you know you, you know I ask them or you know they'll evaluate. You know, how much pride did you really take into preparation this week? And we'll, we'll look back on, you know, uh, Monday through, you know, Thursday or, you know, then Friday, depending on your high school or college, Friday or Saturday. And uh, you know, how much patience, are, you know, are you displaying? And I think the patience piece is huge because when you're not the guy right away, you can lose patience very easily because right. you're on the sideline or, you know, third, fourth string, and you know, you're like, I'm better than these guys. So you lose patience because you don't believe really in the process. And I think patience allows you to hopefully trust the process. I mean, you know, heck, speaking of Brady, you know, seventh string quarterback in Michigan. I mean, most people would have just quit. You
2: know, you're number seven. There's no way you're going to become the guy, right. let alone drafted. Uh, you know, how much
1: passion you know are they displaying in their preparation on the field? It's very easy to show passion on game day, but are you showing that same passion in your red zone period when you're handing off the football and your running backs, you know, grinding to the goal line, you know, in practice? You know, are you are you uh are you there in his face celebrating with him? Are you taking the pride and making the checks? You know, do you have passion, you know, for the preparation of the game? You know, perseverance. You know, you're, you're, sometimes you'll be the guy, you may get knocked out from your spot, you know, you, uh, may have a bad week of practice in your preparation, but, you know, perseverance is a, is a, is a continued life tool. And so you got to, uh, got to do that. So yeah, talking with the, the QBs about those P's and giving them that, you know, those views or saying to them, Hey, which, which one of these P's are you missing right now? And they can go, Oh, my passion. Right. I that ball off and you walked in and I was like, you know, whatever, you know, all right, well, next time get in the end zone and show some passion, but make it authentic.
0: So. Right. right. I also, I like patience because personally, I think in most sports that the second string, anything, I don't care if you're second string center, second string DB quarterback is probably one of the most important Positions on the team because you have to be you, you're audible ready. You have to be ready at any time if something happens. Whether if you know the the person that you're playing behind is out for four plays or is out for the rest of the game or for the rest of the season, you've got to be prepared. And within that process, learning to be patient but also being mindful, right? Being connected, being in the moment, making sure that you're doing. What's right every single moment, just because you never know, right? Your number can be called, and if you're being patient throughout that process and being mindful, you're just you're not only are you going to be set yourself up for success, but you're also going to help your team.
1: No, absolutely. You know, I you know I, I tell a coach all the time. I my favorite quarterback on the rosters usually the backup, and they say why? I said, well, because I spent a lot of time in the backup. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so um but no i mean there there was you know speaking of speaking of that piece you know another thing you know i I wrote is because you know i you know i want to help those guys who are the second third fourth string guys you know be able to maximize you know themselves and give themselves the best shot to perform when they're called on and when you prepare really hard and you're passionate about it, you show perseverance you show patience um, and, and you know the peas that we were talking about. Those guys, no matter if they're the starters, and you're the only backup guy out there with a bunch of starters, they will break their, you know, their necks for you. They will they because they, they'll believe in you. And I think some of the best feelings in the world, some of the best feelings I've had in the world, and kind of talking to even some other guys who have played the position is going out there as a backup. Whether it's practice or game or anything, and those players believe in you. Mm-hmm. You know they believe that they can win with you because they've seen how you've prepared. And uh, there's 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 not a better feeling in the world than whether you're the first guy or the fourth guy. You know you're walking the halls, or you're out at you know your uh, training camp or whatever it is. And they say the words, "Yo, that's our quarterback." Or they're in practice, and somebody bumps you, and they're, and they're they're you know the defense wants to you know you know you know give you an extra shot, and they're they're stepping up for you because they believe in you. Right. If they don't, they won't do those things. And uh, uh, some of the best—it's kind of—it's it's a little bit funny, but some of the greatest words I've ever heard is my uh, varsity guys when I was a JV guy. Once they brought me up to be a backup guy back in high school, and they talk about get off of my quarterback, yeah the same way the same way they talk about the starter, and you can see it because they don't say that about the other guys all the time um, so yeah, just that uh that that piece and uh you know you when you really mentioned the team
2: uh really rang you know for me, and you know hopefully. Everyone prepares as if they are the starter because you never
1: know
0: when that's going to happen. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you think of mindfulness, or when I think of mindfulness, I always think there's there's a lot that that encompasses what mindfulness is about. But I also, when I think of mindfulness, I think of of meditation uh, and breathing. When you're working with your quarterbacks, and when you're working with with the youth, how much are you involving meditation or breathing when you're when you're going through mindfulness practices?
1: Um, you know, I, I can I can talk about more. You know, with the the high school, um, you know, the youth. I spent a season doing that, but with um, and you know, I'll you know volunteer at you know different camps and things like that, whether it's the YMCA or whatever, and you know, teach them you know, do maybe a course on it for them during summer stuff. But when you come, you know, the quarterbacks I've worked with, we do quite a bit of it. You know, I give them, you know, a routine for them to practice. And sometimes, you know, I, I will be right there with them doing it. Game day, the shift from like a Thursday to a Friday is a pretty cool experience to see how, kind of loose we are to how focused the quarterback becomes, you know, we do do quite a bit of it. Um, You know, we will, before practice, um, you know, you'll have a, you know, a meditation routine, um, whether it's um, a mindful breathing uh, object, awareness, environmental, you know, uh, noise like stadium awareness and, you know, bringing all of those things together.
2: We emphasize it not just when they're doing that, uh,
1: preparing wise, practicing game day, but even during practice itself. And what I mean by that is there will be I kind of give them a signal during practice if I can see that they're you know they're they're tightening up, or I kind of look at them you know kind of you know do the calm down thing, and I kind of bring my hands kind of pinch like you're pinching a grain of salt, and I kind of start from. You know, top of my head, you know, kind of going down through my body, like reminding, reminding them to breathe. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go through, a, you know, a, um, kind of a rebooting stage where they'll kind of reboot themselves. And I make mean, it very well known, if I wouldn't call them the plays, or if I was just the QB's coach, that my quarterback will approach the line of scrimmage like a golfer is going to shoot off, off the tee. And he's not going to take that snap until he's ready. And so we do it also when he's breathing a few, few breaths, you know, scanning left and right, bringing his mind to the present moment, into that snap. And then we also do we're, where we're sitting, involving a football and those different types of things. So it's a very intentional practice. You know, I know some talk about they don't really – mention the mental part too much because they just want their quarterback to just, you know, not think too much. Well, I'm like, well, maybe they're not thinking at all. So, you know, you want to, you know, make sure we do, you know, we just make it a very intentional thing. You know, I'll ask them, did you breathe today? Did you get out there for pre-practice? Did you go through your breathing routine? And, you know, thankfully it's usually a yes. You know, which one did you apply today? How many times did you catch yourself in practice where you probably could have, you know, utilized breathing? And uh, so, yeah, I um, hope that answered the question. But yeah, we're very intentional about making sure that we're practicing meditation and breathing as often as possible. And I've had some experiences where I could have a quarterback slow down, you know, a tempo or something like that. Cause he's like, I'm not ready to take that snap. I'm still thinking about this. Right. And you don't always have time for that. If you're an air raid type guy, you got to move, you know, that, that may be a little bit different. But, you know, we set that tone for them to always prepare themselves before the snap.
0: I think it's fantastic that you, you go through these routines, especially, you know, the, the day before and in the day of the game and also throughout practice as well. I think that when you can control your breath, it's really interesting when you have a slow breath, the game is slow. When you have a fast breath, the game is fast and, and that's where mistakes happen and it's interesting you know earlier today i had i had another podcast with the performance coach for the toronto blue jays and he basically said you know when when the ball is being pitched at 90 miles an hour and you're breathing fast and you, you don't have a calm heart heart rate that's <laughs> going to look like a 90 90 mile per hour or even faster but if you have a very calm heartbeat you have you know your your emotions in control your your thoughts are under control then that ball can look like maybe an 80-mile-an-hour fastball because you've slowed oh. it down and because you've, you're in that moment and you're controlling the moment by your breath. Oh,
1: 100%. 100%. That, that's a – I think, yeah, um, he you know, said that exactly right. Uh, you know, you can make things definitely bigger than what they are And if you're, you know, if oftentimes we're not calm because, and, you know, quarterbacks aren't calm because they're making things bigger than what they really are, the environment and everything else. And there's that uh, quote out there about distractions, you know, being like
2: paper tigers. And what that is, and paper tigers is is a –
1: term that I use all the time. Akuna Matata is one of them. You know, paper tigers is another and paper tigers look scary. They look fierce and they look like they can cause harm, but that's only if you begin to feed it fear and an you know, in all the things in your imagination. But when you identify it for what it truly is, it's made of paper Similar to the crowd, the crowd can't really touch you. They can't go out there and make a tackle. It's just noise, and you refuse to feed those types of things. Then it just becomes what it is. It's just a paper tiger. Right. Um, And oftentimes, and you know, you had you know your experience. I think anyone who's ever played the position, no matter what level um, they played, we often become very stiff. And rapid breathing and out of control because we've, you know, we're afraid. And because we're not in control of what's going on around us and we want to be. And we aren't sure how to handle it. And so many times, some of the, the coolest moments I've had is actually taking my quarterback aside and asking him what do you hear have him close his eyes between you know whether it's a serious How about what do you hear he said, this is what I hear what do you see this is what I see what do you feel this is what I feel and I'm saying and I'm saying then I ask what do you think and they're like well this is what I'm thinking and I'm like so the way what you see what you're hearing and what you're feeling." are completely different from what you're allowing your mind to a process. Mm. So now take everything that you're seeing, hearing and feeling and bring that to your mind. And it's awesome to see them say, okay, I'm good. We got this.
0: That's beautiful. It's good. You know, so. That's awesome. You know, I always, when I'm working with any athlete, especially a quarterback, I always ask them, how would you conduct yourself emotionally, mentally, physically in the middle of a hurricane? And most of them don't know how to answer that, but I'm kind of prepping them a little bit on why mindfulness is huge in the midst of competition because when we're performing this, uh, this hurricane, it, it sometimes it just develops around us and we don't even know. And we're slowly creating this hurricane by, by pressure, self-doubt. The scouts are there. My girlfriend is in yep. the stands. My parents have been putting a lot of time and money and extra training, and I want to make them happy. And right. so all this emotional stuff is swirling around the athlete, but they're creating that. No one else creates that except they create that. But those things are real. Those things are around. But if they're mindful and they're sitting in the middle of the hurricane, which what typically happens is that everything is calm and controlled. So when when, when an athlete or a quarterback can realize how can they control and conduct themselves with all those distractions going around emotionally and externally, they can be mindful enough to to control and just sit in it and and overcome and conquer that hurricane. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, finding yeah find that center in the guy of the hurricane. I, I, think that's, I think it's beautifully said.
2: And just observing what's going on around you, like when you when you you know you
1: you know painting that picture for me of you know yeah, imagine quarter being among all that chaos, and then everything slowing down around him, and then performing within that calm state. It's it's kind of like you know a quarterback being in the pocket, you know quarterbacks in the pocket, and there I mean there's these there's chaos all around them, and you got guys like you know Brady et cetera historically guys who they're in that pocket but they look so calm and peaceful, as if nothing's happening,
2: right? And
1: um, you know it's kind of like. you know, kind of like they're they're identifying what they can control. They're allowing the chaos to be around them. They're just observing everything, and then they're just you know just performing. Um,
2: so yeah, I like I like the way you painted that picture. It's kind of reminds me of the, the the quarterback in the pocket. It's kind of kind of like the eye of the hurricane,
1: or how or how you you know you want him to you know perform in in the
0: pocket. Right, and and you have quarterbacks again, like Brady like Rodgers, uh, Favre, that are – they sit in the middle of that hurricane, but they're owning it, but they're emotionally – they're in it. They're they're competing, and yep. their body language is, you know, is positive, but it's intense. I mean, you look at yep. Favre and his body language, every time he throws that touchdown, man, he, he makes you feel like you're 10 years old again just by throwing his arm and running down the field, Absolutely. right? But Nothing better. <laughs> But when you look at other quarterbacks – like Flacco or Eli, you you don't even know. Like they're they're so calm and they have hardly any expression. You don't know what's going on. All you know is that they're in control. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's
1: it's uh, you know it's it, it's poetry in motion. I mean, you, right. you know, you go back to, uh, um, heck, I, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I, I've never seen a guy getting sacked and pulled down and looking downfield as if they're just an infant on his leg, <laughs> like, right. it's, you know, and, and he just, he pops right back up, you know, the front from the tug, resets his feet and just lets it go and moves on to the next one. It's, uh, it's, and you know, I think that's maybe a way, you know, you know, um, coaches can you know, teach their quarterbacks how to watch film you know, not just looking at, look where they threw it and things like that, but look at the demeanor in the pocket under the most, you know, uh, stressful situations and, uh, and really looking at, um, the chaos going on and then zooming into the quarterback and seeing how the best of the best, you know, perform, you know, you know, around that, uh, you know, uh, in the hurricane, you know, to use your, to use your words.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's owning the moment and getting prepared and wanting to compete, you know, and, and just getting into that. Like, as you said in your book, you know, letting go that, that ego self and letting that auto self control, you know, take control. So with that being said, I love to wrap up this, this uh, session with you. This has been, Incredible and an honor to talk to you. Considering I read this book and reached out to you, and, and we're and we're here right now talking about it. So um, and I can talk all day with talk shop with you all day with uh, with regards yeah, to quarterback. Likewise, likewise. Before we go, I know that you're you're pretty involved with social media. How can my listeners connect with you via social media and also get a hold of this book?
1: You can. Connect with me social media. I have uh, Twitter uh, at Coach Marcus Mayo, um, and then also uh, at Mindful QB Coach. Those are the two social medias. Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, Mindful Quarterbacking, and then I have a a website, MindfulQuarterbacking.com, as well. And then you know the book. You know the best way to get it is, you know, through Amazon. I just, you know, type in "mindful quarterbacking," and it'll uh, it'll pop up. And um, hope that it can be a useful, useful tool to anyone who buys it. Whether you a quarterback coach, quarterback, you know, anyone involved in sport or anyone involved with any form of uh, uh, leadership or anything of that nature. So, yeah appreciate the support to anyone out there who who buys it and can uh, hit me up anytime for any you know questions or anything like that and chop it up there too.
0: Awesome. Well, usually towards the end of my podcast, I always promote a book, but if I'm going to promote any book right now on this, this episode is going to be yours. So I, I encourage everyone to check this out. If you're, if you're, wanting to be a quarterback or if you're trying to fine tune your mental game, check this book out. You'd be doing yourself a disservice if you don't check out. There's some nuggets in here. Like I said, there's, there's some cool little models and there's good worksheets to work out of. So, so check it out at, uh, on Amazon and, and hook up with uh, Marcus on social media. Again, Marcus, thank you, man. This is uh this has been awesome and uh, looking forward to building a relationship with you.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, Likewise, and
0: we'll talk again soon for sure. You bet.